ringscoops.com. For over 20 years, the revolutionary force in online professional wrestling media. This is Ring Scoops Now. Yeah, 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 it's that time, ladies and gentlemen, it's that time, it's a, yeah, yeah, you know what I'm talking about, uh-huh, uh-huh, <laughs> ding, 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 it's time for the show, ladies and gentlemen, yeah, I'm that Ring Scoops guy, joined by Mac of all, and this is Ring Scoops Now, Mac, what's up? Full disclosure, like we've been talking for a while before we did this show. Yeah, and it's just is is. <laughs> I think it brings the best out of us to do that. We get warmed oh, up. Oh man, yeah, <laughs> man. It's, 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 I wasn't expecting him to like sound like he was, he was selling used cars. <laughs> Come on down to Toyota. <laughs> Go see Cal. <laughs> yeah, I didn't, I didn't expect that. Yeah, you know when but I was a, I'm, when I'm, I was a kid, I used to think Cal Worthington used to always say "pussy cow," but he was saying "go see Cal." I yeah, I didn't think that was what he was saying. No, <laughs> no, not the the, the other part. Mm. Not, not 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 the because it is a car commercial. Yeah. Hey, pussy cow. He had the fucking lions and tigers and shit all over the cars. Like, I was a kid, I always thought to myself, like, man, if you spend enough money, I wonder if you get to bring the lion home. <laughs> I, I thought to myself when I was younger, and for those who don't know, like that was like a big deal out here, like in Southern California, because like he was the guy that I think they've made actual movies off of his character. I think there was one movie, I forget the name of a movie. Yeah, it was a movie a long time ago. It starred Ted Danson and Whoopi Goldberg. Oh, yeah. And he was a car salesman, and that character was based off of Cal Worthington. Yeah, like to the to the T, like the commer- like the fake commercials he would do. The I forgot the name of that movie. I forgot the name I think of it too. Will Smith, I think Will Smith was in that movie too. It was her son? I think. Yeah, because uh, she had gotten artificially inseminated, but it was from him, right? And they had yeah, a kid. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. And she... I remember... Go see. Nia Long, I think, played... Oh, yeah. His daughter. I remember the, the trailer for that, where he showed up at the door, and Will Smith's like, yo, there's a white guy at the door. Yeah, so, yeah, so that... that If you want to see what we're talking about, that's the name. Like, that's <laughs> where that character came from. Like, he would do all these crazy commercials, like... There was a part of the movie where he's on an elephant. Like that's what Cal <laughs> Worthington really did. He was on an elephant, dude. Guys like him here in SoCal, like, people don't understand like the richness that Southern California has with with that kind of stuff with different tropes. Because there was another dude. I'm about to mention his name, and I know you'll remember this guy. I think I know who you're going to talk about. Ah, uh, yeah, man. I'm going to bring up two names. Actually, I think you're, you're going to know both of them. But like Cal Worthington's one of them. Crazy Gideon. That's what I was going to say. Yeah, that Crazy Gideons. Yeah. He'd have like a baseball bat and he would like, you don't want the microwave for sale? Okay. Bam! He'd just break the microwave with a bat. And then another... Just so so people know, like he, he, like Crazy Gideon, his whole thing was like, why are my prices so low? Because I'm crazy. (laughs) Crazy Gideon. Yeah, so like his whole thing was like he would have all of this stuff 
Just imagine if somebody had a bunch of stuff that fell off the bun- the back of a truck. <laughs> and he would have all of this stuff just in this warehouse. I never actually went inside of Crazy Gideon's, but I drove by it a couple of Wow. Well, yeah, you, 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 you uh, grew up and live a lot closer to that area than I do. But I, yeah, I was so, I was close enough still to get this. Man, man, we're dating ourselves now. I was I was still close enough to be able to pick up the signal on like KDOC with the antennas, like t- to see these commercials. Yeah, and 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 the thing is, is that like um, with Crazy Gideon's, like he would sell stuff that didn't really match. <laughs> so so he would sell like I'm trying to think of something back in the day. Like he would sell a bunch of computer towers but nothing else it would just be the towers itself yeah and then you have to go through his warehouse and find the cord and then the mouse and then the screen <laughs> you know like uh he would sell a playstation without the power cord he would sell uh, microwaves that you know are not from this state or or country sometimes like he would sell a bunch of stuff so yeah. it would end up happening with Ham no burger. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if he. I don't know what exactly happened to this guy. I think he died, didn't he? No, he went out of business. I don't know if he. I mean, he. He was older, so I wouldn't be surprised if he passed away. But yeah, um, probably a heart he, attack. Um, like he just went out of went out of business. So I don't know if he just liquidated everything. But it was just like if you guys have ever gone to like a store that's going out of business. And they're selling everything from the the, the mannequins, the rack, uh, liquidation sale. The, yeah, like that's basically was his business. Yeah, everything was liquidated. He just had loads and loads of stuff, and you had to take your time to go through everything because of all that stuff that he had. And I always wanted to go there because he had like some crazy deals, but I don't know necessarily if the stuff worked. But it's like he, cra- he was crazy for a long time. Crazy Gideon was like the analog of salesmen and like Overstock.com is like the digital version of it. That in, uh, I would say more so, um, what's the name of that website? I just forgot it. Alibaba. Oh, I've heard of that one. I never went to it though. Yeah. If you go to Alibaba or AliExpress, that is Crazy Gideon. Yeah. And what it is is like, that place, like, it sells absolutely anything and everything that you can think of for, like, ridiculously low prices. The problem is with their business model is, like, you have to wait sometimes, like, 30 days before you get it because it's all coming from overseas. Oh, okay. So, you, so it's kind of like Wish? So you can, yeah, definitely like Wish. Yeah. Definitely like Wish. Yeah. Okay. Um, The other name I wanted to bring up, uh, Wally George. Actually, I don't know who that is. Oh, man. Wally George, dude. Uh, the hot seat with Wally George. He was like, um, he was as skinny as Tin Man, if you remember Tin Man. Um, mm-hmm. He was as skinny as him. The older guy, he had like real long, thin, stringy, gray, white hair. Kind of like, it almost looked like um, like Tom Petty, except like way thinner. And it was like a talk show and he would just have like the most outrageous people. He would have like, he'd have like Klansmen from the KKK on. Um, he would have different politicians on. He'd have like, 
Z-list celebrities on that shit. Um, he'd have like wrestlers on there a lot. And uh, I remember like as a kid watching the show, it would broadcast on like KDOC and like other channels like that at like midnight or 1 a.m. And uh, I just remember like as a kid, it was like so taboo to watch his show. Like my mom and dad, if they ever found out that I watched it when I was a kid, like I'd get my ass beat, you know. But, you know, thinking back, and it's like it really wasn't like that controversial. It was he was like Jerry Springer before Jerry Springer in a way. If that kind of makes sense, too, because like there'd, makes a lot of sense. there'd be like fights that would kind of break out. It would be like the most over the top, like generic looking sets, like straight up, like the definition, the epitome stereotype of like public access TV kind of shit. Hmm. Yeah, no, I never I never I never watched that. All right. Next time you talk with like Klaus, like ask him about Wally George. I, that dude would probably give you a history lesson on the guy. He, I, I guarantee you he'll know. Wally George. I think bec- I think because of where I was at, because you said it was a local. Well, thing. It, uh, it was it was like I think like Crazy Gideon commercials, the Worthy commercials, were played during Wally George. Like it was on on those kind of networks. Oh, okay. Yeah, actually, not even networks. It wasn't even network TV. It was it was it was broadcast. It was old school antenna. Like I I had like this little mini TV. It was like a oh god, I don't know, like nine inch little portable TV. It took like eight. D-sized batteries to power the fucking thing. And mm-hmm. and I know, I was I was a poor fucking kid. Like, here you go, here's a fucking little TV, you know? But it was so cool, you know, taking it with, like, on road trips and shit, you know, and just pick up local TV. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, I would, I, would, I would have that, like, under my bed. And so, like, at night when I was a kid, and like, when I say a kid, I don't know, like, seven or eight years old, I couldn't sleep, so I'd, like, take the TV out and try to get whatever stations were on and sometimes like you know they had like the uhf and the vhf options mm-hmm. and like uh the uhf or vhf whatever one it was i can't remember now it's so old but uh you know like those would have like the the normal channel the abc nbc and all that other shit and then like the other option would have like like the obscure over the air broadcast type of channels like a kdoc or Later on in the '90s, like those channels that would have the infomercials with, uh, you know, Don West selling knives and stuff. Which that, geez, that's an old school name too to bring up, Don West. But yeah, you know, it would be stuff like you know they would always show like old episodes of like Gunsmoke or Bonanza or something like that late at night. Then they'd cut over to like Wally George and stuff. It was just good stuff. You know, good times. I miss those days, man. But it's 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 cool now because like you get everything in the, you know in the palm of your hand with a cell phone, it's better quality. But yeah, but I I think a lot of people just don't understand. Like, I was talking to my uh, mom, like, actually I think it was this morning, talking to her, and we we're talking about my grandparents, and my grandparents like they had this. Um, Back in the day, like in the 90s, there was really no way to find out what was going on in your community unless you had the newspaper or unless somebody told you through word of mouth. So it was amazing to us to think about what my grandparents would do, because what my grandparents would do, there was this um, store. It was a thrifties. Oh, I remember that. Great ice cream. Yeah, I don't even know if they have thrifties anymore. But um, Thrifty's is like, that's a SoCal store. Um, their ice cream is just was legendary. Like, 
legendary their ice cream. Yeah. Um, Some places, I think um, um, Rite Aid, I think, sells thrifty ice cream. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, and when you get it from, you know, in the tub, it's good. But getting it freshly scooped, it just is. Walking out of the store with a cone full of freaking ice cream, right? Yeah, it just was really. And it it was people probably saying, what? Yeah, it was it was a store. The supermarket, you get groceries and everything there, but they just had like a, a, a booth set up for ice cream. Yeah. And it was but their own branded ice cream. Thrif- really good. Thrifty became Savon, didn't it? And I then, think they were connected. I think it was Savon slash Thrifties after a while. And then they become Rite Aid. Because I think Savon was the prescription area. Like anything, because it was Savon Drugs. That's what it was called. Yeah. So, which now, like you would say, like you have drugs in the title of your name. <laughs> that was that was the name of it, like drugs, as in like anything to do with you know something to help your body and harm your body. Yeah, right. Um, or, or like I remember back in the day, they used to have Rexalls. Yeah, yeah. So, so um, at the back of this thrifties, there was a whoever owned it built like this restaurant inside of the supermarket. And it was a sit-down restaurant where you had a menu and everything. So there was a big banner that was, like, coming down from the ceiling. And it was, like, this big grand breakfast. It was, like, um, two pieces of toast, eggs, any way you want it, hash browns, um, sausage and bacon with coffee. And for seniors, it was two ninety-nine. This is back in the 90s. So when we saw this back in the 90s, I told my um, mom, like when I was talking to her about this earlier, she had told my grandparents, because they were in the store, she had told my grandparents, hey, you guys should go here and get some breakfast. That's a really good price. And my grandparents said, oh, yeah, we come here all the time. Like, how did they know? (laughs) <laughs> you know like there was there was another place like out where i lived at and i forgot there's a wrestling there's this other place it's all good man where they where they where they lived at um or where we all lived at, at the time uh where on every tuesday they would give a dozen donuts away for for a dime Ooh. and their promotion was called a dime a dozen oh, yeah, nice yeah it's great marketing <laughs> so Right, so every two like, but how did they know? Yeah, like now, now it's like, did you hear about this? Oh yeah, I know about it. It's like it's not a big deal, but it's like, if you knew then, like you would have to like seek these things out or get word of mouth or whatever. So at first, the the donut place started to do that, and they would only have it like during like really early in the morning. So then they extended the hours, and the next thing you know everybody started coming. So when everybody started coming, then they changed it to a dollar a dozen. Ah. So then once it became a dollar a dozen, then they creeped up to two ninety nine and three. So after a while, people stopped coming. And what was funny is the donuts were good, but they weren't great. Yeah. And people was coming there because it was a dime. I totally thought you were going to take it in another direction. I thought you were going to be like, oh, yeah, and they, they become Krispy Kreme. Like... <laughs> <laughs> and that is when they became Dunkin' Donuts. <laughs> Dunkin' Donuts. 
Um, let's 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 get into wrestling, man. I've I've been I've been anxious to do this show for a long time, man, because I have some stuff to get off my chest. All right, well, a, a great segue into that is when you mentioned word of mouth. Just real quick, just a brief little story here. Word of mouth, man, is something that we grew up on that people don't really do a lot now because, like you said, everything is is on social media. It has gotten to a point now where people just assume that you've seen it. You get in a conversation with somebody, you're just like, oh, you seen this on Facebook. Oh, actually, no, I didn't. What? Really? Oh, my God. You know? But, like, back in the day, uh, you know, growing up, I I grew up in Beaumont, California. And I remember one day, my buddies and I, on summer, were walking down the street going to Circle K because we lived, like, a block away from there. And there was a banner across the gym, and it says, WWF Superstar Tatanka. And it was, like, August something. Dude, we went nuts. And, of course... No social media back in the 90s, right? So, like, if we had to tell our friends, we either had to, like, get on our bikes, ride over to our friends, knock on the door until they answered, or call them up on the phone. That's right, guys. Phones are used for calling people. Um, <laughs> not texting. Uh, you know, rotary phones. It took a long time. You want to dial nine. Goddamn. But um, you call them up. It was the same with the Monday Night Wars. Something big would happen. Nowadays, we'll text each other. Like, I text you on Monday. Oh, my God, the ending of Raw. You know? But, like, back in the day, you call up a buddy. Dude, are you watching? Yeah, I'm watching. And then you would be on the phone. You would talk about that kind of stuff. Yes, yes. And I think that's one of the things that made wrestling magical back in the day compared to now. Is now, it's like, you read people's reactions. Or you, if somebody's like, you need to check this out, you're reading it. You're not getting the excitement from from the tone of their voice you're not getting you sure and you surely don't no and yeah. and 97 percent of communication is done non-verbally and a lot of people think that non-verbal communication just means you're not speaking which is true right but mm-hmm. non-verbal communication can also be part of speech because it's tone of voice right. it's vocal right. variation it's it's the speed at which you're talking it's how you're talking it's um, the way that you uh, emphasize on certain words and whatnot, too. It's just so many different things. A, a, a gasp or a sigh in, in, in one split second this way or that way can make or break how you put something over. And you don't get that through a text. Right. And I think, I think that is something that nobody talks about today, about why wrestling is not as magical as it used to be. Because nobody's hearing it. I agree. I agree because, and I also think too is it's a flood of opinion. Oh yeah, information where, overload. Yeah, where it's like, what tends to happen, and a lot of people do this subconsciously, is that you gravitate towards certain shows that talk about certain things when it comes to like wrestling opinion shows or uh, podcast or just regular shows all together that have maybe nothing to do with pro wrestling. Like a lot of comedians have their own podcast. And what happens is if you like that person's comedy or like that person's point of view, chances are you're going to tune into the show because it's something that is more in tune with your core values of whatever you believe. Yeah. So Everybody and their mama has a show. We have a show. You're listening to our show right now. Yeah. So chances are, if you're listening to our show, then you like what we say. Mm-hmm. You like what we've done, or you like what the, you know that ring scoop guy puts out. 
puts out content every single week and you enjoy his content, you know? I, I so, would like to think so. <laughs> I, ho- so I hope so nobody's what, out there thinking I'm a piece of shit. <laughs> so, so all in all, like once it's all said and done at the end of the day, it's too many opinions. And what happens is that the guys that you listen to compared to the guys that you don't listen to, um, some of them do it just based off of the fact that they have personal beefs with individuals like Jim Cornette. I think Jim Cornette is one. And we've had conversations about Jim Cornette before in the past. I think Jim Cornette is a great, great uh, talent. Um, I think that he can really tell the story of how wrestling is supposed to be in terms of booking somebody and telling them this is what you should do to get heat. This is what you should do as a baby face. I think he's really good at that. Yeah. But there's a lot of people, and I'm kind of one of those folks, that don't really agree with what Cornette says because a lot of his mentality is too old school. Yeah. So chances are, if he has another show, I'm probably... Why? Because I don't really agree with a lot of the stuff that he says. There's sometimes he does say stuff that I agree with, but like when he did the AEW review on the very first pay-per-view that they had, um, the show itself in terms of his podcast was very, very long. Very long. To the point that I said I'm going to have to listen to some of them and come back. <laughs> the whole show of his podcast, he just completely destroyed Everything from the pre-show to the lighting to the wrestlers to this to that to spots to the point I was like, did you like anything? Uh, he did like some stuff, though. He he put a couple guys over. He put a couple things over. It wasn't a complete bashathon, but I mean, the the ratio was, was so lopsided. Much, right. It was so much bashing, but that was like the general perception that I, that I took away from the show. Yeah, it was like God. He just doesn't like it. <laughs> No, I agree with you on that. Like, there's a lot of things that he says and does that I don't agree with. But me personally, like, I just I find entertainment in how he says it, not what he says, yeah, but how he's he says. Ve- it. Yeah, he's very. Yeah, he's very. There's some things that I did agree with on the show. He's a funny that guy. Made me that made me <laughs> laugh and how he actually delivered it. Yeah. Oh, his delivery is fucking second to none. I think. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. With yeah. That. But, um, yeah, but this, but you know, all in all, like you were saying, I'll let you get back on, uh, uh, the news now, but, um, hey, it's, it's a lot of opinions, a lot of opinions at this point. It's, it's all good, man. We're having fun. Uh, hopefully the people listening are having fun too. Yeah. You know, that's the point of doing this. We're not, we're not doing this for fame. We're not doing this for money. Trust me. If, if this was a money game, like I would have been out like after a year or two, not doing it 20 years. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think yeah. the same can be said with you. I mean, we're doing this because we we freaking not only love wrestling, but we just we love to have conversation. If there's, you know, I was reminded of that this morning with well, I, I reconnected with a with a radio personality that I used to listen to over 20 years ago in junior high and high school every night. Ed Till, he was on um, uh, 97.1 FM. Uh, weeknights at 10 p.m. before the Nasty Man. I think I talked about him a couple times on podcasts before, but I reconnected with the dude today. Posted on his Facebook about how much of an inspiration. If it, I credit three people that got me into wanting to do radio. Ed Till is one of them. The Shadow Man's another one, and Howard Stern is the third guy. 
those are my three biggest influences. And I had a conversation with Ed Till today on Facebook, and he gave me a shout-out on the show today, which I thought was great. But, yeah, it, we do this for the love of the game. So whether or not like this has been a wrestling discussion so far on this, I don't care. We're having fun. Hopefully the people listening are having fun. But as you said, we should probably start jumping out of the topics now. Just real quick, I'll talk about some of the wrestling news. Just real brief, i run over the headlines. We'll get into the bulk of things. Because, uh, Mac, I know you got a lot that you want to say about 2K20. Um, and then we'll briefly retouch a conversation that you and I had in private uh, last week about Cody Rhodes, and then we can give our SummerSlam predictions. But uh, here's the news just real quick. Uh, today, um, Ubisoft announced that WWE superstars Dwayne The Rock Johnson, John Cena, the Raw Women's Champion Becky Lynch, and Xavier Woods will join Brawlhalla as epic crossovers and a special SummerSlam-themed in-game event beginning tomorrow. The following WWE Superstar Epic Crossovers will be available for 300 Mammoth Coins each. And they are Dwayne The Rock Johnson as an epic crossover for Sentinel. Signature attacks include a flaming bull, lava, and magma rocks. John Cena as an epic crossover for Hatton. Signature attacks include uh, the ring ropes, fog, and camera flashes. Becky Lynch has an epic crossover for Nash. Signatures include a giant green uh, fire fist and a table to send her opponents flying through. And Xavier Woods has an epic crossover for Bodvar. Signature attacks include his tag team partners, Kofi Kingston and Big E from the New Day. That's kind of actually lackluster in my opinion like everybody has got all these cool things right a flaming bull you get fog and all this stuff a table and he gets a bunch of guys to so come is help that him a, so 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 this is a a game that like a, a, a rpg game or or a yeah, what, I'm gonna. I'll get into that uh, right now. Actually, okay. the press release uh, it says uh, okay. the new the new free game mode um, also available tomorrow. Brawl Down includes a ring, breakable tables, and fun rope physics. WWE Superstar Epic crossovers will still be available for purchase after the SummerSlam end game event concludes. Developed by Blue Mammoth, Brawlhalla is an epic free-to-play platform fighting game that brings players to the fight for glory in the halls of Valhalla. Choosing from over 40 unique characters, players can jump into single-player and co-op modes as well as online and local competitions. With more than 25 million players, Brawlhalla is available on the PC, the PlayStation 4 computer entertainment system. Why do they have to include that? PS4. The Xbox One family of devices, including Xbox One, and the Nintendo Switch. For more information on Brawlhalla, go to brawlhalla.com. So yeah, it's a free-to-play game. Um, I've, I've tried it out on the Nintendo Switch. It's kind of fun. It kind of reminds me, it's like Smash Brothers. Oh, okay. 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 Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I guess I'm not too excited about that. You know, I'm, I'm definitely waiting. I'm, I'm, I'm pacing in my brain right now because I got so much to say <laughs> about WWE 2K20. Yeah, I'm well, just pacing in my brain. I, I just leading up to it. I just wanted to include this that little you know bit of uh, gaming news, considering that we're probably gonna the bulk of the, today's show is probably gonna be about 2K20 video game related. Um, another brief news headline here about uh, Ruby Riot. Uh, 
WWE announced uh, this past May that Ruby Riot underwent successful surgery on a bilateral injury to her right shoulder, and that she'd undergo the same surgery for her left shoulder down the line. And that um, that surgery for her left shoulder, she uh, she tweeted out yesterday that it's going to be taking place. So she's not going to be returning to action until 2020. So that's a little update there on Ruby Riot, which I can't wait for her to come back. I, um, I just hope that they bring her back because she has a fantastic look. Oh yeah. Um, I just hope that if they if when they bring her back, that uh, they actually do something with her. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the Riot Squad was never really properly utilized, um, and it's unfortunate that you know now they have a women's tag team titles because the Riot Squad definitely would have got over um, if they were around. The tag team titles for the women were around then at that time when they were kind of introduced oh, to absolutely. the WWE universe. So. Um, I hope that she comes back and brings, uh, and they, they actually do something with her because for the first time in a long time when the women's division was really popping and thriving and everybody was excited about it, it's lackluster. Yeah. And this is the experience that everybody has with all these different divisions. And this is the first time that this has really happened in my opinion to the women's division because it seems more pronounced based off of the fact that they've been pushing it. So when you just have these, uh, and we'll get to this later, these uh, paper opponents going against these champions uh, in the women's division um, to kind of make a match, then that really shows that the division itself does not really have that much depth. Yeah. Um, but hopefully they do something with her um, because you need to. I mean, there's a lot of women, like, for example, uh, uh, Tamina. I don't know why you're not doing anything with her. You know, Nia Jax uh, does not, her character does not hinge on Tamina. No. So I'm very surprised that they're not using her for something because she is a very, very good stoic heel that, uh, if you had Tamina and you actually built her up properly, uh, a Tamina versus uh, a Bailey match, I think, would be better suited than Bailey versus Ember Moon, in my opinion. Oh, I could, I could see that. Just I... from a, just from a, last thing, just from a heel versus face perspective, not you know, well, the match will be better. Of course, it will be better. You know, Ember Moon is more athletic and. You know, they've had some matches together in, in NXT. Yeah. But from a perspective of this being a classic storytelling um, where Bailey would be the underdog, uh, that would be good to see that. But, you know, hopefully they just utilize the, the vision more. You can't just depend on Ronda Rousey to save everybody. <laughs> Ain't that the truth, right? Um, another news headline here, all elite wrestling applied for a trademark on August 2nd for AEW revolution for various purposes, including live streaming of pay-per-view events on the internet, communication services, namely transmitting stream. I don't need to go into all that stuff, but just a lot of, lot of things, man, podcasting services, video games, uh, ringtones, all that stuff. AEW revolution. That doesn't surprise me that they would go for a name like that. What do you think? Um, I think it's, it's surprising that so late in the game that they're filing for these trademarks. 
I think it's a because they're debuting in October. Yeah. And it's August. So I think it's kind of surprising that they're doing that now. Maybe they needed some time to actually, because like when you trademark and copyright things, then you have to actually present images and, and, and drawings and, and all of that to make sure that nobody um, steals or uses or copies or makes anything similar to whatever it is you're trademark and copywriting. So maybe they were building all of this material up and deciding this is the direction they're going to go. But I just find that surprising. Um, it seems like they're going to take an, an approach of really pushing because if you think about it AEW has not really pushed the business side of anything yet they've pushed you know of course come to our shows buy tickets yeah. but in terms of like t-shirts that are AEW branded only I'm not talking about the Young Bucks stuff I'm talking about their branded t-shirts their branded uh, lanyards their branded you know whatever it is they haven't really pushed that yet so um, they're just getting everything in place. That's I think they should have done that a while ago, but that's better late than never. Oh, absolutely. Um, more news here. We're almost done. Um, WWE is set to present Crown Jewel 2019 in Saudi Arabia. Oh, no surprise there. Um, on Thursday, Thursday, wow, Thursday, October 31st. Uh, the event will be held in uh, Riyadh at the King Saad University Stadium. Crown Jewel will be the fourth live event WWE is broadcast from the Kingdom of Saudi Arabia under their 10-year deal with the Saudi General Sports Authority. So, uh, yeah, WWE is going to be spending their Halloween performing in the Middle East. Any thoughts on that? Stupid. Um, <laughs> you know, uh, do they practice I, Halloween I over there? I don't, I don't know. That's a good question. I doubt it based off of, you know, their beliefs. Um, but I don't, I don't think they celebrate it, but I mean, I just think it's, I mean, obviously you got to do these shows because you have an agreement, but I think it's coming to the point now where it's going to become too big of a hassle for them to have to do these shows all the time. Um, 10 years is very long and we're, and what is this, year two or year three of this agreement? Uh, we'll be wrapping up uh, the second year. They'll have eight more years, so there'll be, what, 16 more events? Because it's two a year. Right. Right. So I I don't know. I it's mean, been a very rough two years already. Yeah, and it's just going to get worse. It's yeah. just going to get worse because what's going to happen is more talent is going to opt out of not going there. Um, we almost had a very horrible injury. Uh, with Undertaker and or Goldberg, um, if just imagine if Goldberg would have did something to seriously injure the Undertaker and end his career in Saudi Arabia. Yeah. Just imagine if that happened. If that happened, then now Goldberg looks like an, an idiot. He, you know, he's now ended somebody else's career. And now on top of that, you start questioning well, if they were never out there, this would never happen. Because the last event, all of the wrestlers were complaining about how hot it was. They said it was at least 100 degrees in that ring. Yeah. Well, they should, maybe they should, uh, if, if that's a major concern of theirs, maybe a solution could also be change the times that they're doing these. 
I think the biggest problem, what this one took place, what, in June, right? Whereas so, last yeah. year, the first one took place like in mid-April. I'm sure yeah. like the weather's way different then. I mean, I don't understand why they couldn't do that. Well, I think they'll learn from that in the future because I think that the heat had a lot to do with that thing with Goldberg and Undertaker. But um, the last event to me was not good. Um, they got to really step it up because even the event itself in terms of people coming and, and, and viewing and seeing everything, um, it wasn't as many people as it was in the past Yeah, that were actually showing up to the show. So they got to really do something. These shows have to mean something in order for American fans or any other type of international fans to, to want to tune into this. Yeah. Oh, I, I totally agree. It was kind of weird too, because like in the last event, compared to the other two, a lot of members of like the royal family and and higher ups in the government and and whatnot, you know, they they weren't there at the shows, or if they, if they were, they weren't in their usual spots where they had like the nice, you know, cushy chairs and couches set up around ringside. Well, what I read is that during that time period is that I guess they talked to them and they made it so all of those chairs and stuff were behind the hard kit. Oh, okay. And they brought the fans who were real fans closer to make it look more like a wrestling show. Yeah. So I think they got that memo because that's the thing that bugged me about it too is that, you know, you're royalty, so you're going to be different and act different compared to somebody else. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I'm I'm glad that they made that fix, but you got to really make it worth something. You can't have these, you know, championships that are just only valid in that country like the greatest royal rumble trophy (laughs) yeah you know the the crown jewel best in the world cup or whatever like you you gotta have stuff that you know means something maybe have a title or something that's just defended there in in saudi arabia or something i don't know but oh you you mean like maybe a a world championship that's defended across the world (laughs) (laughs) Or well, or they, they have inter, intercontinental, which technically means world. I never understood the about, name intercontinental title. I just think it sounds. I think that's the only reason why they did it. Yeah. Then again, remember it. You know where it, where it was uh, first created and and crowned. You know, good old Rio de Janeiro. So, like that probably even took place. I believe that there's stuff in Area 51 more, and I believe that that match actually took place in Brazil. But uh, anyway, another uh, news thing here real quick. Uh, this coming Friday, I'm not even going to read the whole press release. I'm just going to just briefly touch up on it. Uh, this coming Friday, August 9th, because we're recording this on August 7th. Uh, August 9th on Netflix, Season 3 of Glow is set to come out, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, Gina Davis joining the, uh, the third season here as a Las Vegas casino owner who might not have the best interest in mind for the wrestlers so i'm i'm looking for i don't know i I, you haven't watched glow right no but i saw the trailer for season three and it looked very interesting that's a great very interesting great series uh i I highly recommend it if you if you got time it's 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 pretty good very interesting yeah uh and then finally um just briefly i want to uh mention uh uh, this past weekend, I attended uh, Impact Wrestling Starstruck at the Florentine Gardens in Hollywood, California. It was uh, 
actually happened to be on my birthday that day. And uh, I had received uh, comp tickets to the event, not because it was my birthday, but because of some other stuff. Um, And I wanted to give a very, very public, even though I did it in a blog, I also want to do it here uh, in audio, a very public and heartfelt thank you to Ross Foreman and Impact Wrestling for their amazing hospitality this past weekend. Um, and I also want to thank uh, Mr. Ross Foreman as well for his uh, continued communication with me on working to rectify the situation that happened in Las Vegas back in February. So I'd like to take this time, Mr. Foreman, and to everyone else in Impact Wrestling, thank you so much. You know, I, I, I really do appreciate what you guys did for me. Um, it, it's unfortunate Samstown didn't do jack over what happened. But Ross Foreman and Impact Wrestling stepped up to the plate, and they didn't hit a single. They didn't hit a double. They didn't even hit a home run. They hit a grand slam, in my opinion. And so for that, I thank you guys. Thank you so much. I had a great time in Hollywood. So now without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to jump into WWE 2K20, something that Mac has been wanting to talk about all week. It is now time for the Royal Rumble. Entry number one, Macaval. I'll let you go for it, bro. Okay. Well, just to give a little background, I have been a, and I'm sure a lot of you guys have as well, but I've been a huge, huge WWE all the way to F fan of, of their video games. Um, Back to like, superstars like on the super nintendo like or i'm sorry not super nintendo uh, sega genesis um back to you know steel cage and all these different video games back in the day they should play when i was a little kid and i'm gonna botch some of the names it's been a long time uh, so sue me but going into the generation of when you know stuff was on playstation the very first SmackDown that was introduced on PlayStation, No Mercy to WrestleMania 2000 to WCW versus NWO World Tour to WCW Revenge. Like, I've been a huge wrestling game fan, and never before have I ever had the mentality of thinking that a wrestling game itself would become something that was so stagnant so unoriginal that before it was released that I would not buy let's talk about WWE 2K20 (laughs) this is the first time this is the first time I've had this conversation with you in regards to WWE 2K20 um, I had said that I want to save it for a show. I've also said too that I did not want to, you know, talk to you about it until we got live on the air. So here we are, live on the air, having a conversation about it. Um, my biggest issue with everything concerning this game is the announcements that have been made regarding it. Um. We saw this trailer video where it was all of these legends 
that were in this building. Before that, there was a quick teaser where it showed like a coat rack of, and then you saw like Hulk Hogan's boa, you know, Bruce the Barber, Beefcakes, Scissors, Sting's baseball bat, all of that. So we watched this uh, trailer, and the trailer then shows uh, Becky Lynch crashing through the top of the mansion. And she is the quote-unquote um, man, I guess. She's crashing the party. I guess that's the um, memo that they're giving. She's crashing the glass ceiling or what? I don't know, whatever whatever type of innuendo that they, that they were trying to do. So I didn't have a problem with that because I wasn't surprised that they were going to try to put cover. Um, I wasn't also surprised either that she was sharing a cover with Roman Reigns because... Just to be honest, um, I don't feel that we're there yet to have a woman on the cover of a wrestling game. Now, don't get me wrong. Don't say, oh, you're sexist. That has nothing to do with it. I just don't feel that we're there yet as a society. Or there has not been somebody that is strong enough to carry something like that on their own. Now, everybody may love Becky Lynch, but this, let's just be honest. Is Becky Lynch a sable? Is Becky Lynch a sunny? Not the sunny now. Yeah. I'm talking about the sunny then. Yeah. Is she really that over like that? Some some of you may say yes. If you say yes, you're poorly mistaken because if you look back at the sables and the sunnies of the world, Sable was breaking records. And I'm not talking about WWF records. I'm talking about records in Playboy. She appeared on two covers in the in the same year, which has never been done before. Right. She sold over a million magazines Playboy, which at the time was a record for Playboy. She was in movies, too. Corky Romano and stuff. Right. So she was doing a lot, and she was way over and it wasn't based off of skill in the ring it was based off of her look it was based off of her character it was based off of who she was and how she presented herself and she was able to do things that would create interest outside of the WWF brand so Becky Lynch is not there yet will she ever be there but she's not at that level yet you can't put Becky Lynch on a magazine cover or on a product and say, go buy it because it's not going to do the type of numbers that a Sable did back in the heyday of her. Now, after I saw the commercial, the lackluster commercial, which I thought was forced, I didn't think it was interesting. I thought it was forced. They then introduced the features of the game. And not only was I pissed off, it's to the point that I don't want to buy it. <laughs> and I probably will skip this year because I actually skipped last year. And the reason I skipped last year is I just was not interested because it was the same thing. And what did they do this year? They did the same thing and they made it worse. Our whole WWE, um, whatever they call it, the superstar 
story experience. Oh, the showcase. It was gr- the showcase. Yes, it was great back in the day because we would relive classic matches, classic spot. Yeah, so the, ad- the attitude era was great too. Right. It was. It was great. So you can relive these moments. Um. But we're having a showcase that's built on four horse. Uh, you were breaking up. Say that again. You're having a showcase that's built around the four horse women. Oh, yeah. I don't really play with female characters on the wrestling game. Some yeah. of you may do. But I, I promise you, if you look at the, the data, and I'm very sure they have this data, of online matches, I'm promising you that women are not selected that much compared to all of the other hundred plus options that you have to wrestle with on the game. Yeah. So to have a whole showcase mode built around that, to me, I was very disappointed. In very disappointed in that. Um, and again, it's not from a sexist standpoint. It's just from a standpoint of I'm not interested in what you guys have done because most of the stuff that is going to be celebrated is stuff that has to do with NXT. And unless you are a hardcore NXT fan during that time period, you're not going to really care that much. I'm just not interested in that. And I'm going to take a break talking and just get your feedback on how you feel about this year's showcase. Um, all right. Well, quickly before I, I get into the showcase, uh, going back to about, like your comments on on the the teaser trailer that they put out, um, I um, I wasn't shocked that that's the route that they went in. Um, it wasn't anything that got me overly excited. Like to me, what raised the bar? What's the standard bearer for a teaser trailer for a WWE game and this is going to be extremely hard to beat because of the circumstances was in the summer of 2014 they did the teaser trailer for Sting where they had all of the players of the orchestra wearing Sting masks and then they showed him with the bat to to me there's nothing that's going to beat that there's nothing that's going to have the same excitement. And I hope that I'm proven wrong with that, but that's just the way I feel about it. Um, So going into this year's teaser trailer, to me, there was nothing surprising from that aspect. Now from, cause you know, everybody that knows me, especially in recent memory knows my uh, background and my education in media and film and you know screenwriting and cinema and all that stuff. I think from that aspect, I think it was, I think it was a very good trailer. But that necessarily doesn't sell the video game. Um, the difference between that and the Sting one was that it went with the emotions of a character like Sting who's had such a great rich career and at that point had not ever shown up 
in WWE or even an official capacity in one of their games was finally there. Whereas right. with this Becky Lynch thing is totally different because going into it, we already knew whether it was going to be Becky or not. We knew it was going to be very, you know, uh, women's revolution uh, heavy because of the year that Ronda Rousey had just put in. And there was a lot of speculation that she was going to be on the cover, which I would have not, I would not have a problem if she was the one chosen for the cover because she's such a big household name that she could have been on the cover alone. And I don't think a lot of people would have had a problem with it from that aspect. I mean, there've been Ronda Rousey marks out there that, you know, or marks out there that don't like Ronda Rousey would have had a problem with it. Of course, there's always going to be those kind of people, but I don't think there would have been as, as, as much of uh, talk about it as there is with what they're doing now. Uh, the teaser trailer, I loved it because one, it was, um, and this is not just this is not from you know promotion of the video game standpoint. But my critique, what I'm about to give right now, is solely based on um, cinematics, uh, film shot sequence, you know that kind of stuff. artistic is, is is the word I'm looking for. From an artistic standpoint, I loved it because of the idea that she broke the glass ceiling. I didn't even think about the whole crash in the party thing, which is like even more in your face than anything else. But like when you say crash the party, it's like, oh yeah, shit, she crashed the party. Like, hey, I like it because that kind of goes with her thing. She runs to the beat of her own drum. So yeah, of course she's going to crash the party. But I think there's another thing too, because I've seen people say the glass ceiling thing. And I'm pretty sure if I look further, there's probably going to be a lot of people that said what you said about crashing the party. But I think there's something else, too, that I don't think a lot of people are talking about. I have not seen anybody talk about this. I think it was a great metaphor that up until now, this has been a boys club. Hmm. And now you got a woman in there. And because of the way her character has been perceived and portrayed that she goes against those ideals. And from an artistic standpoint, I love it. But from a well, to, get me excited for the to, video game standpoint, uh, it's not there. To piggyback off of that, yeah. um, I do agree with you that this, from an artistic standpoint, the way it was shot, the idea of all of these, uh, you know, Hall of Fame talent, you know, and the way that they looked in the mansion and stuff, and, and also the marketing saying that you have been cordially invited. You know, I thought that was really good. Um, but the imagery for me, I wasn't a fan of it. And the reason why I wasn't a fan of it is because I'm trying to really get a clear understanding as to what this game is and they told us beforehand they said that when this comes out you're going to have more information off the bat than you ever had for any wwe game so i'm thinking in my mind that a trailer is going to show this quote-unquote more information but it didn't you got to watch a whole nother video with xavier woods going through this quote-unquote more information. But I just did not like the whole concept of putting Becky Lynch in that room. And the reason I don't like that concept is because I don't believe Becky Lynch 
has reached that plateau yet to even be in the room with those guys. Who should be in the room? I think Charlotte Flair would have more of a right to be in that room than her. But Charlotte is not as over as Becky is right now. Mm -hmm. I think that, you know, past superstars like a Trish Stratus or Lita would have more of a right to be in that room just based off of them trailblazing things. Alundra Blaze. Maybe, yes, maybe if this was a situation where all of the women, quote unquote, crashed the party at the same time, then that metaphor of this no longer being a boys' club and this is our time and all that, I think that would come across better. Yeah, because like, like if you, what if what if Becky would have crashed down instead of going up to Roman and all the other guys? What if she would have crashed down and went to the door, opened it up, and all the women were outside waiting to come in? Right. And or, actually, then that would have that would have insinuated that she opened the door for them, which someone else should have been in that spot then too. So I take that back. <laughs> well, I just think like it should have been um, maybe the doorbell rang. And then you would hear the doorbell ring and then you would hear the door open and then you would hear a bunch of crashing and noise and stuff like that. So then you would then cut to where the quote unquote front door is and then you see Becky Lynch in the front. Well, not in the front, but like in the middle standing side by side with all these other women legends and then saying, do you mind if we crash the party? Or something like that. Then I would have got it then more. Like, oh, okay. Well, the women are going to really have a huge impact in this game. That's yeah. that's the mentality that I would have took. But I didn't get that mentality. I didn't get that vibe from it. I just got the vibe of, okay, well, she's going to be on the cover. That's you, really the vibe I took from You know what would have been a, a cool commercial? Can you imagine if... They do they do all that with the party, and all of a sudden, like the the glass ceiling breaks, drops down a, is a figure, and it's Sting, and all of a sudden, they take it, it's a mask. They take the mask off. It's Becky, and ever all the legends are looking around like, oh, what you know? And and she goes, get them girls, and all of a sudden, that's when like all the windows around shatter, and all the women come in. And it's like they're charging in, and the moment like there's about to be this big brawl, they cut to the logo. Right. Any anything to show that there's more of a impact that they have, there's more of a presence that they have on the game, would have prepared me for the showcase mode. I, I just don't. Th- I'm, oh, I'm sorry to cut you off, but I think something like that would have put over the more of the fact too that it was a collective effort for a women's evolution as opposed to one person doing it yeah yeah and i just i just i'm not excited about the showcase mode i'm, I'm really i think that they um should have did how they've done years before in the past where there were different modes for different wrestlers uh road to wrestlemania play. yeah like okay here's a dx one here's one about christian here's one, you know like Something like that and had it a part of the showcase, mm-hmm. not the only showcase. Yeah. Um, so I was disappointed in that. Um, what I also was disappointed in is 
they have this new tier system. And when I think about this, I think about Mortal Kombat, where you had to fight a bunch of guys. Oh, the towers. Then, yeah, the towers. Um, I'm. I don't know how. And then they. And then he. He even said there's a WWE Universe Tower. So I'm guessing, and then you can correct me if I'm wrong, but they took out WWE Universe mode in, in last year, or, or no? Oh no, no, no! I use it every week doing Slam and Jim. Okay, so it's actually the best it's ever been. So my question is this: since there's a Universe Tower, are you taking out Universe mode? Oh God, I hope not, because for the first time since they introduced Universe mode, I kid you not, dude. The, since the first time this last game, I've actually enjoyed Universe mode. I've played Universe mode. I brought Slam and Jam back because I loved the universe mode. And if they're going to take yeah. it out, Jesus Christ, man, what timing? Yeah, I don't I don't know if they're taking it out or not, but they didn't mention anything about WWE universe mode. Um then they, then they mentioned something about um the mixed tag team challenge. And Again, I just don't really see a lot of people playing that mode. Just like I don't see a lot of people playing the showcase. I'll play, I don't see I'll a play lot the of the showcase just because it's just habit of playing the showcase from the game. That's it. Not the yeah, of excitement. I, yeah, you want to get the bang for your buck, sure. But is this going to be something that you look forward to? Or is this going to be something that you play because it's there? I'm like the wrong person to ask on this because like for a while now, like I usually typically get the wrestling games based on how I think I can do slam and jam. Right. Well, well, let me ask it. Let me answer that as somebody that would buy a game. I see, because like I said, I sat out last year because I wasn't a fan of it. Yeah. So if I'm just looking at the features and that's, and that's just with any game, anybody that buys a game, you want to see an improvement. Oh, well, yeah, of course. Every year. Like, what's funny to me is, like, 2K, the same company that's doing these games, uh, do NBA 2K, and they do so much more per year in terms of upgrades. It is ridiculous. Like, this year, like, for NBA 2K, they completely changed the way that people play defense and offense. So, or a basketball game. So somebody said, oh, well, what does that mean? Well, that means that they completely recoded the entire system for this year's game to make it more realistic. Yeah. That's what they did. They, they, they of course, is always going to look nice, is always going to play smooth, but they said we're going to improve it even further. And every single mode has gotten an upgrade rather than a redo or a rehash. So... At the back of the box, I can read all of the stuff that they've done that makes me want to buy the game if I'm somebody that's never bought it before. Mm -hmm. If I'm buying it based off a of showcase mode and I'm not really a fan of who they're showcasing, then that's going to be a problem. Oh, absolutely. So so let's get off the mixed tag and, and all of this and the towers and stuff. They're introducing, and I don't know what they exactly called it, but... The concept is that you're going to end up paying more money. Well, hold on. Before you get into that, um, one thing that they said that they're going to do in um, 
last year when they re- retooled this entire thing, the My Career mode, the story in it last year was phenomenal. I haven't even finished it yet, but I was I'm enthralled by playing. I'm taking my time with it. I'm not even trying to rush through it because it's it's very detailed. It's uh, I actually I actually to, to to chime in on that. I actually saw because you know sometimes on on the YouTube somebody plays through it. Yeah. So I actually saw somebody playing through it and saw the whole story, and I was like, "Wow, this is." pretty good yeah it's deep and they kind of took some cues from um what they do for nba 2k because nba 2k they always have it where you're starting from the g league or this past year like you were in the in the g league is their development league um before you get called up to the nba well they took it a step further like they had the g league and then you weren't called into the NBA. You were called to China. And you played on these Chinese teams for a while before you got called into the NBA. So there was always deep story with it. Like you had your friends, you had agents, you had sponsorship opportunities. You get to design your own apartment. Like they have this thing called 2K Neighborhood, which I wish they would bring to WWE games. But the whole concept of it, it is an actual neighborhood that you can walk around with your created NBA player. You can go into an arcade and play games. <laughs> you can go into the shoe store to um, buy shoes and clothes. You can go to the gym and you can do, you can actually work out and do um, mini games on the shoe these store? workout machines. Yeah. Really? Yeah. They even, wow. They even included a job for Kaepernick in there. <laughs> like they, oh Jesus! They, um, I'm gonna keep running from that one. Um, they, they have, they have, um, um, like when you go into the gym, like they have, like you can do workouts, and as the more that you work out, the higher that your XP is for your player. You can go and play pickup games against other people online. You can play. Uh, slam dunk contest you can you can uh, get a bike eventually and ride your bike around this town you can go get your haircut it's basically <laughs> like a mini a mini gta in a way in terms of you going in and out of these buildings yeah to do stuff and i wish they would do that for wwe game that would be cool i wish they would do that because yeah, i know like they added like you know small little doses of that where you can kind of walk around and in a very very limited backstage atmosphere and whatnot um but you know like this whole like my career thing being in depth of like working your way up the roster to the main roster is nothing new in WWE games actually a lot of people don't realize this may may not even remember it but the attitude game that came out 20 years ago i think it was like almost to the day 20 years ago the attitude game the the career mode you had to start off working house shows then you worked your way up to heat and then you worked your way up to Monday Night Raw and then pay-per-views all the way up to a Hall of Fame career. But we haven't seen that kind of mode with that kind of depth in, in about 20 years since this last game. And it's cool because like this year, they're adding it where you can actually have a female career now. Which I don't know why it took so long to even freaking add that, man. Because it's, it's not that hard to do. You do male or female. That's all you got to choose. Yeah, it's definitely the agenda of this game was to 
and I, I'm guessing the design cycle for this game started when this women's revolution was very, very hot in the WWE. Yeah. Because everything that they've added in terms of major features stem so far, and there may be more information. I'm sure there is because they're not going to give everything away on day one. But all the major changes at this point in terms of what they presented are showcased around women athletes. Yeah. That's what it and, seems and, like. Including the addition of China as a playable character. Right, which is long overdue, but I think that's that's great that you actually have her in the game. It'll be very dope to hear her um, music, the, the Don't Treat Me Like a Woman, Don't Treat Me Like a Man. You think her entrance will have her coming out with like those pyro guns? I think you have to do it. That would be awesome, dude. You know how many people are probably going to have that as as part of their creative entrance on online with their characters? Yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, that's, that was the coolest freaking thing, man. The China coming out with her own pyro, literally her own pyro with those guns. That was cool. I'm looking that's forward to amazing. playing with this China, to be honest. I mean, that's to me, that's a big thing right there. Like, yeah, that's a right. big thing. And it's unfortunate that, you know, of course, she's no longer with us, but. Yeah, that would be if she was if she took the place and she was still here, she mm -hmm. took the place of Becky Lynch crashing through the cell, the ceiling. Oh, yeah. Right. And then had a face to face with Triple H. Oh, my God. And then said, uh, hey, Hunter, long time no see. And then the commercial went off, then that would make a bigger impact. And that's the whole thing that I'm saying with Becky Lynch. It's no disrespect to whoever's a Becky Lynch fan. Yeah. I just feel like that she's not at that role. Like, we've given several examples of how this thing could be better. Oh, dude, but, I, when you said China in the commercial, like, if she was alive and they put her in the commercial, I already thought of how I would do the commercial, bro. Like, instead of the glass ceiling gimmick, I would have showed all the guys having a, having a good time and everything, and then, like, cut to, like, the wheels of, like, uh, like a like a car or a jeep driving up to the mansion and then going back to the party and then going back to the vehicle and every time you go back to the vehicle you show a little bit more of it until it pulls up it parks you zoom out and it's the old DX jeep and she's in full like Rambo gear from when they invaded Nitro and behind her all these vehicles start showing up and all the women get out and they invade the men's party like DX invaded Nitro and that will make more of an impact and that's the whole thing that I'm saying that Nothing would have got me as excited as the Sting one man right because the Sting thing they they just showed a glimpse of him in an orchestra yeah and but now we're talking about you know all of these legends <laughs> and we still are not as excited <laughs> with this whole Becky Lynch presentation. But the last thing about the game that they introduced was, and this is a thing that is just a blatant money grab, and I'm very disappointed 2K has gone this way. Um, for years, people have created their own arenas, and their arenas or costumes or outfits or whatever for the rest of their alternative outfits or whatever um, have centered around a super-themed-out arena. And I don't know what they're exactly calling this, but the whole Originals. Originals, right? Which is a dumb name. Um, the example they gave, it looked like it was The Undertaker. It was a graveyard. 
and then it was like another character that looked like some sort of a monster and you got to pay more money to get this mm. i thought that is the stupidest thing that you could possibly come up with you have all year to come up with something that's going to make people want to buy your damn game and you come up with the concept that people already do <laughs> yeah I'm going to pay money for a costume in an arena. That's what you're telling me. When there's so many creative designers that can make any, they can make any person from any walk of life into a wrestler that they create. And they can make arenas that look very similar to certain things. But that's, I'm going to have to pay more money for this. Apparently, according to the uh, the press release here, it says uh, 2K20 Originals set to deliver a wealth of 2K showcase add-on content for the player uh, exploration beyond the game's initial launch. So uh, from that, I, I interpret that it's it's not really going to be its own standalone thing, but it's going to be something to enhance the showcase. Okay, so this goes back to what I was saying originally. If they would have had more path on the showcase mode, I would be very interested in it. Mm -hmm. But now you're wanting me to pay money to get more path. Yeah. That's what I'm not interested in. You know, my biggest problem about the showcase is the women's revolution or evolution. I don't have have a problem with the showcase being about the actual evolution of the women. I have a problem with it being about the career of the four horsewomen. Now, if they would have right. done this showcase thing and went as far deep as to like, I don't know, show um, like you start off as in the diva era. Say you're playing, yes. you know, they put Sable in the game. You're playing as Sable. You're doing your program, Sable and Jacqueline, um, mm-hmm. you know, uh, Sable and Tori, and then work your way up to, you know, the era with uh, Trish and Lita and Molly Holly, and you have them as, as playable characters. And then you work your way up to the actual women's evolution uh, PR campaign that they've been doing the past four some years. I think that would have been a better showcase than, I mean, with all due respect to, to Becky, Charlotte, Bailey, and Sasha, which is funny because Sasha Banks has been out of action more this year than she was in action, and she's part of this showcase mode. How, how does that work? I just don't think it's like I was saying. You had to be a fan of NXT. Yeah. And I, I'm not really an NXT person. I've watched episodes of it. Um, I'm just not – it just doesn't get me. I like the character. I like that they have the opportunity to develop characters and bring them to the WWE and put them on a big stage. But let's be honest, who's the last big unestablished name that they've made into a star from NXT? Like from ground up? From ground up. Um, man, uh, I would uh, I would have to say um, he's not exactly like completely built up yet, but he's definitely on his way, um, which I guess by your criteria wouldn't count at the moment, but Velveteen Dream. Um, well, he hasn't been called up yet because this is the thing, like, I've, I've thought that um, Prince Pretty <laughs> would be would be 
somebody that came in and would just really be a big time heel in the WWE, but they sport they, they he's back in NXT. Yeah, and, and so, Fandango is back or he's not back, but he's in NXT now too. Right. So I think they missed the boat on, on him. Mm-hmm. I think they missed the boat on a lot of guys when they call him up. Yeah. I guess Lars Sullivan could have been that guy, but he got seriously injured. <laughs> Lars Sullivan. Hey, did you? you I, I told you about Lars, right? The the rumor about Lars uh, hooking uh, a young lady up with uh, with comp tickets for certain services. Yes, well, yeah. and we will not repeat that on here. But yes, <laughs> I just want to yes. put it out there though that that it was a a rumor. I'm not saying it as if it were a fact or anything like that. I don't have any confirmation on it. Um, yeah. s- just to kind of cover my ass that I'm not slandering the guy or even, well, not really the young woman because there's no name to it, but uh, mm-hmm. a rumor. Something that has been going around online for the past year and a half. Right. So that's the whole thing with NXT is like if there were, like, I really love the street prop. I think they are just. What do you think of the uh, what what they did with Kurt Angle this week? I think that was too forced. Yeah, I think I think that. Um, did you look at Kurt's face and know it's forced? He didn't know how well, to react. Is, <laughs> well, this is the thing. Like they have to understand. It's like no one could be the street profits, but the street profits. Yeah. So you can't give them stuff to do. You got to let them be them. That's the only way it's going to work. Yeah. No, I because agree. Because if you notice, you, you notice uh, the dude used to come out with a crown. Mm-hmm. They, they stopped letting him wear it. Why? Because the WWE feels like, oh, well, you should wear a crown. I'm very sure he's the one that came up with that concept of wearing a crown, just like coming up with the concept of coming out with a red cup. Yeah. So... You gotta let them be them. I always liked the, I the, the crown. Street. It was cool because it kind of reminded me of like Jughead from you know Archie, right? And that's a very like street urban thing that everybody wants to be king and and they run shit and all that. that mm-hmm. That's a, that's an urban thing. But you gotta let them be who they are. So I love the street profits. If we had a lot of different teams and individual wrestlers like that that were from NXT, then that would make me feel a certain way about the roster itself and that would make me want to tune in to NXT. Yeah. Um what made me tune into NXT back in the day when everybody was talking about Cesaro versus Sami Zayn, the matches that they had. Mm-hmm. So I said, let me just go ahead and watch one of those matches and I saw it and I said, Oh my God. Yeah. Call him up now. Like they were that good. And I'm not saying that there's bad matches that they have with NXT now. There's just no characters that make me say, Oh, let me stop what I'm doing and turn into NXT. I I think for me I, there's two characters for sure that if if I if I'm not already watching if I hear their names being brought up that they've done something really good I will stop what I'm doing to see what they're doing and Velveteen Dream's one of them and Adam Cole is the other one I think Adam Cole is going to be one of their biggest and brightest stars when he's eventually called up to the main roster I I just I can't think of any way that they're going to screw this guy up because he seems like the kind of guy that will just make anything they give him work. Right, but again, I myself, 
as you've been watching his development, and he would be disqualified from what I said because he had a name before he came to next. Yeah. So, but I'm just saying, like, I wouldn't really have to stop what I'm doing to want to tune in. But that's, I mean, we're going way off the point. The whole point that I was originally saying is that you had to be a fan of NXT at the time mm-hmm. to watch NXT to see about these moments and relive them. Yeah. So, I for me, I, I just am not excited about it. It's probably very well done. Um, they do showcase moments very well. Um, but I want something that I marked out for. Now, what they should have done, and I was, and I'm gonna throw you off with this one. I saw this earlier today, and I watched, like, I stopped what I was doing, and I watched two videos, and I forgot how heated, and how real, how good and well done this feud was. The Rock versus versus who? John Cena. Oh, okay. Yeah. The Rock versus John Cena was amazing. The and I would have first go around or second go around. The first go around was great. I think the first go around had more heat than the second go around, but the first go around was great. I know they've had that before with the, the WrestleMania where they they had that particular match built in. But I would have loved to see a showcase mode, you know, around a feud like that. Yeah. No, oh, that would be that would have been great, yeah. So but yeah, but all in all, um I just think it was a lackluster group of, of, of announcements um that they did. Uh, hopefully, you know, there'll be that one thing or two things that make me go, oh, I got to definitely get this game. Um, the roster, since the roster is always huge now, I don't think it has that same type of ring as it used to years ago when they talk about who's on the roster. Yeah. Um. So. Unless, you know, of course, I'm, they're I'm talking not... about the legends. I mean, great if we have some new legends instead of the same ones over and over. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm glad to see Hogan's back in the game. For real? Yeah, I mean, let's let's be honest. Everybody's listening. Everybody's a little racist. Everybody's a little racist. Do I forgive Hulk Hogan for getting caught? Yes, I forgive him for being caught. Because you slipped up. <laughs> so I forgive you for being caught. Do I forgive him for being racist? No, I don't forgive him for being racist. If I met Hulk Hogan, would I shake his hand and talk about how much he meant to me in my childhood? Absolutely, I would. Yeah, Absolutely. I would, too. Absolutely. Absolutely. But what I'm saying is he just got caught. I think there's a lot of... If, if you had video cameras in a lot of people's houses and listen to how people speak, then there'll be a lot of people without jobs right now. Well, I mean, my my reaction to what you had to say about Hogan was actually, believe it or not, wasn't necessarily... About that, it was more because like how many times he had appeared in games in the past. That to me, like even though it was how many games has he not been in since that happened? What three or four? Mm-hmm. Like to me, it still is not that big of a break of like when the last time he was in games or anything. Um, so I think it's been like well, I've always I always like they always got his entrance right. 
Yeah. So I would like to see it like in this generation. You hear that music playing and everything too? Yeah, with the boas coming out, with the ripped shirt, all of that. I like to see it in this generation um, of how it visually is going to look. I like to have him in a match against Braun Strowman. You know, like I like to do stuff like that. So You know what would have been cool if they would have done, like if they do various showcases, like you were talking about earlier, how they did like Road to WrestleMania back in the day. I think... Um, a showcase or a road to WrestleMania or whatever you want to call it, a little, you know, uh, program that you could have in the game. I think that would be a good uh, selling point would be, and, and this, this is going to be real out of the box, bro. Can you imagine? So you go into the mode, you got all these different feuds. Like say you got the John Cena, you got the rock. So you got the, the story of the horse women. Um, say you got, uh, I don't know, something with, uh, you know, uh, Velveteen Dream going from tough enough to his rise in NXT. Uh, you know, some other stuff, right? And then, like, the last one, you get to recreate No Holds Barred with Rip and Zeus. And you have Rip and Zeus as playable characters in the game. I think that would go over huge. I think so, too. And then, like, when they do the collector's edition, you include a copy, a digital copy, of No Holds Barred, the movie. Overall, because this show's long, if you if you made it to this point, congratulations. You still want to do SummerSlam predictions, or do you want to do that for a different... I think uh, that we I think we should do that for a different show, because I, we've talked everybody's ear off at this point, but I think... I think that we should do that for... I mean, obviously, SummerSlam is Sunday, so we're going to have to do that. Like, well, all right, how about this? Instead of actually talking about the matches, let's just... I'll just run down the card, and we just say who we think is going to win. Okay. Because we're all... We've advertised... Well, maybe, well, oh, yeah, we did advertise it. Yeah. Well, maybe... We'll, we'll make it up to people. We'll give our SummerSlam... We'll do another show where we give our SummerSlam reaction. How's that? Yeah, yeah, in-depth review of some uh, okay. show dedicated nothing but to our thoughts about what happened on Sunday. Okay, cool. All right, so let's jump into that real quick right now. We got 10 matches on the card. I don't know which ones are uh, pre-show matches or not, but let's just go from bottom to top. We got a singles match for the Cruiserweight Championship. Drew Gulak, the champion, defends against Oni Lorcan. Who do you got? They're really they're really pushing Drew Gulak, so I think that, that he's going to win that. They're still you know, they really, the match that I saw him uh, at the last pay-per-view yeah. Um, and this new character, I, I like it um, because I don't watch live 205 or 205 or whatever it's called. I don't watch it, but I think that they're doing a great job. I think Drew wins. I'm going to go with you on that. Uh, Gulak's a, a fantastic talent. I, I watched him many times when I was, uh, years ago when I worked the, um, Wrestling Cares Association. I don't know if you remember the Wrestling Cares or not. Uh, that that year long tournament. Yeah, yeah. I did a music scoreboard, and um, I can't remember what it was. There was something else I did too. I did three jobs that whole year. That was really good. It is, ironically, Johnny Gargano and Adam Cole were the finals, and they're doing sure. a program right now in NXT. Anyway, um, yeah, I got Drew Gulak on that one. Uh, next, we got uh, Trish Stratus versus Charlotte Flair. Who you got? 
Um, I think it depends on what Trish wants to do. Um, I don't see Trish losing this match because it is in her hometown. I think they'll um, have a mini program because this was thrown together so quickly. So um, I'm going to go with Trish. Okay. Um, I think, uh, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to go with, uh, I'm going to go with Charlotte on this one. I think if they were going to do an evolution two, I think Trish would win and Charlotte would continue to chase after her and it would go up to the main event of, of, of evolution two. But right now to me, it just seems like it's going to be a one-off. So I, I'm going to go with Charlotte on this. I think she, she's got it. Um, up next, uh, Goldberg versus Dolph Ziggler. I know you're looking forward to that one, huh? <laughs> well, th- that 30-second match, um, you know, they're trying to um, – well, I think they could surprise people because I think there was an article that came out that said that Heyman, as long as he's in charge, wants to find a role for Goldberg. Really? And use him like a, did you read about that? No, it's okay, so news this, to me. Okay, so this is what they said. They said that they want to use him like a Bruno San Martino. <laughs> Goldberg. Wow. And use and use him like for special occasions and special events. And they want to do that. And the only reason this is happening is because Heyman has the book. And as long as Heyman has the book, he's going to put Goldberg in situations like this okay and i guess goldberg is game for it um why not right it's pay right so if they were smart they would have of course goldberg win the match but then have ziggler do something to goldberg at the end of it you think he'll hit a super Um, kick when he goes for the spear um i don't know how much offense that he's going to get in maybe they'll do something where Goldberg is introduced first and then Dolph Ziggler like attacks him while he's coming to the ring. Maybe they'll do that. Um, but in terms of the actual bell to bell match, I don't think it will be long, but the good thing is they got somebody in there that can really bump yeah. Ziggler. So everybody talking about the match that he had with the undertaker, like the undertaker redeemed himself with that tag match. Cause he looked great. Oh, absolutely. And uh, this is def- definitely going to be redemption for, for uh, Goldberg as well. So I'm going to say Goldberg wins this match because of all the stuff that's happened, him being buried by the f- – Goldberg wins this. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to agree with you on that one. I, I think Goldberg's going to win. Um, I don't think there will be a quite 30-second match. I think yeah, at the most maybe two minutes. And I don't mean two minutes of like Dolph trying to dodge Goldberg. I think Goldberg's going to do some like some quick offense, and then Dolph is going to figure out some kind of way to turn the tide a little bit, and then he's going to build a little bit of heat that'll you know eventually go to a spear and a jackhammer. That's why I said bell to bell. Yeah. I think there's going to be a whole bunch of extracurricular stuff that happens yeah. before the actual bell rings, and then I think the match itself. Is- well, possibly. Um, and I would have no problem with that. Because then it would justify having a short bell-to-bell match. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, United States Championship, AJ Styles, the champion, taking on Ricochet. I like, I've seen this match. I like Ricochet. I, I, I hope yeah. Ricochet gets the belt off of AJ. 
Um, they're trying to build up the OC. Um, so I don't see them losing huh? anybody losing from the OC for a while. So uh, AJ wins this match by cheap. Um, they're and the OC, the Good Brothers, they're the new tag team champions on Raw, right? Yes. You know there are no tag team championship matches on this entire card, whether it be men which, or women. Which is odd, but you know they they haven't built anything. That's so. true. All right, so you're going with AJ. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm gonna go with Ricochet on that one. Um, here's a match that uh, like I know I joked about it before a couple of matches, but I know for sure that this is a match that you are looking forward to. Um, Finn Balor versus Bray Wyatt. Um, Bray, hands down, this is the first introduction to the Finn character, so they're not going to mess that up. Only way that Bray loses technically is if he like just keeps beating the crap out of Finn and forgets about them. Yeah, I'm I'm with you on that. I'm I'm going with Bray Wyatt 100 percent into this. If he goes in and loses with without anything of like what you had said, then it, it, mm-hmm. it it's over, man. Just release the guy from his contract. Right. Like seriously, it's it to me a loss at this point for this guy in his career would mean that you, you are not going to do anything for this dude. Might as well let him go to AEW. Let him go to impact ring of honor, wherever he wants to go. It's a Bray Wyatt hands down. Um, here's, here's a match I'm not looking forward to because we saw it a couple of years ago. It's just, it's stupid in my opinion. And I'm just, I'm going to name the match. I'm going to say who I think is going to win. And, and, and I'm going to wash my hands of it. Kevin Owens versus Shane McMahon. If Owens loses, he's forced to quit the WWE, which means he's fired. I I, I think they're going to have Kevin Owens win. I think Shane McMahon's going to finally lose. I don't really care for this match. I never really cared for their other matches, uh, even the Hell in the Cell match that they had. I really care for it, even though I think the feud was better executed at that time compared to this feud. Yeah. Um, but and we could thank Vince for that, for that headbutt right. that he took. Right. Um, who's going to win? Um, SmackDown needs some help, so <laughs> they're going to. The, and Shane is like one of their best heels on SmackDown. Um, <laughs> That's so weird to hear in 2019. Yeah, so I would say that Shane wins, um, and then we really play up this whole Kevin Owens vigilante thing. Um, since they're trying to do, you know, McMahon Austin 2.0 to the point that, you know, the guy's doing the stunner, for God's sakes. Yeah. So I think Shane wins, and um, that just puts more heat on this feud. Okay. Um,. Bailey versus Ember Moon for the SmackDown Women's Championship. Um, I think Bailey wins, and then I wouldn't be surprised if Sasha Banks then attacks her after the match. I, I, 100% with you on that one, to a T. I'm going to go with you on that one. Um, Submission match for the Raw Women's Championship. Uh, Becky Lesnar, uh, I mean, uh, Brock Lynch... Uh, um, Be- Becky Lynch versus Natalia. 
ain't no way um, then Natalia is going to, even though it's in Canada, she's not walking out the winner. Yeah, it's, it's Becky Lynch will win. They'll make Natalia look strong, but uh, Becky Lynch will win. Yeah. Does she need to win? Mm, no. Unless, unless, I mean, we haven't seen we haven't seen Lacey Evans on TV in a long time, so uh, they could do something where Lacey Evans interferes. Because, mind you, she lost that match where she doesn't get a shot again. Yeah. So if she comes in and interferes, and and Natalia wins, and then she has a match with Natalia, and then she's the champion, and then now we set up Becky Lynch, and and I'm gonna go with Natalia. I just thought of that. I'm going to go with Natalia. All right. I like the scenario. I still think that Becky's going to going to win though. Uh, I think because because people think Becky's going to win and her character's kind of stale at this point a little mm-hmm. bit. Mm-hmm. Um and there's not really an interesting thing that kind of threw this thing together at the last minute and made us care about it or try to make us care about it. I think that Becky's going to lose. Okay. I don't think she's going to lose because of two two reasons. One, they just announced the whole 2K thing. And then she's got a brand new exclusive uh, pop vinyl coming out you know, with the man shirt. And they're probably going to be pushing that pretty well, too. So there's a lot of marketing and merchandise that's going to be pushed behind Becky Lynch. And I think the reason why they made this a submission match is because Natalia has you know the name Nightheart with Association to the Hearts which are submission people and it's in Canada. So if Becky Lynch overcomes the odds by beating the submission specialist, third generation submission specialist in her own country makes her look stronger. Not to say that that's a logical way to look at it, but that's a WWE standpoint, the way to look at it. What if they do the screw job reverse on Becky Lynch? <laughs> oh God. And step and Stephanie's involved. Oh God. Dang. Oh, okay. And then you could build up Stephanie and, and Becky. And then, that's meanwhile, you do the Natalia and uh, uh, Lacey thing, right? Right. That's what I'm saying. Like everybody, like I see this as a starting point, and it, it is, and it's bad because SummerSlam is not supposed to be the starting point for feuds. Yeah, it's supposed to end all of these summer feuds mm-hmm. as we build up to new feuds, right? Yeah. Um. So this is supposed to be the ending, like the the end all be all match, right? At SummerSlam. Mm-hmm. That's what's supposed to happen. It's not happening. Yeah. So, I don't. I don't know. Well, same thing could be said for WrestleMania this year too, and, and previous years. And they're supposed to be the the culmination of a lot of things, and they they always carry them over. And like you said, you know, like about that, it, it was back to the back in the day. That big four, those pay per views had a reason. They they would build right. up to be the blow offs. WrestleMania was the biggest blow off. SummerSlam was a blow off. Survivor Series was a blow off. But it was Survivor Series being so close to the Rumble was also a bridge to where you can have guys being showcased that would normally not be showcased in a certain role to make them look strong to kind of give the appearance that anybody can win the Royal Rumble. Right. You don't have that now. But uh, all right. Uh, we got the Universal Championship match. Brock Lesnar versus Seth Rollins. I'm going with Brock. Um. I don't know what the I don't know what the plan was with Seth Rollins with this whole thing. I'm gonna go with Brock too. Yeah. Um, I don't know why they you know, 
I thought we were going to for once get like a good match between these guys with some time, mm-hmm. but that's not happening. So I'm going to go with Brock. And uh, the match that I personally consider to be the main event because the of the rich history between the two guys on both an individual level and 10 years in the making for the WWE Championship match, Kofi Kingston defends against Randy Orton. Your thoughts? Uh, I think Orton wins the strap. Um, I think back to what they did to him at SummerSlam against Lesnar. And Lesnar just, like, completely annihilated him. And then I think about what Lesnar did to Cena at SummerSlam. And Lesnar completely annihilated Cena. Yeah. SummerSlam now is kind of being used for shock value. So I think that Orton will win for shock value. I think that Coffee again, his title reign has not been really that good. I thought he would have more matches with Daniel Bryan. That's what I was looking forward to. Um, But it has not been that great. So I think putting him in a place, in a position where he's chasing the championship um, and Orton being the guy, again, um, I think that's better. I, I think that uh, Orton would. I. Uh- I totally agree with you on that. Um, I, you know, I, I like I like Kofi's run. I think it's run its course for now, and I think it goes on to something that you have been saying for a very long time about guys and title runs and whatnot. It's like the second run is always better than the first nowadays. Right. And right. Um, Orton, being the great heel that he is, if Kofi was chasing him would make for great business, especially if you had it lead up to the first SmackDown on Fox. And I think maybe that could be the night that you give the belt back to Kofi. Yes. Build towards that. And then I think they can continue it. They can stretch it a little longer than that. Have the blow off be a Survivor Series. You got Team Kofi versus Team Orton. And Orton can try to assemble, I don't know, maybe Legacy Version 2 or something like that. Get together a couple of third-generation guys to be with him. To take on Kofi and New Day. You can do so many interesting things, I believe, with um, Orton as champion. Um, Kofi needs to really... when, When it's time for him to get to the next level and have another title reign, we need to really drop all of this goofiness. Um, He literally had the WWE title around his waist, and there was at least 70 or 80 pancakes between his waist and the title. Yeah. I can't take you serious. I can't. Um, You look at Lesnar compared to Kingston, and then you tell me who you take more serious. <laughs> yeah. So I I just think that uh like you said the second title reign will be better than the first, but I just hope this is not a failed experiment like a Jinder Mahal. Oh man. I yeah, you know, I and I loved Jinder Mahal's run. I thought it was, it was a very underrated, you know, run. A lot of people say he was a transitional champion. I said transitional champions don't go more than one opponent. He had many right. feuds f- across several months. 
I think he was a very good heel. I think they, by the time they fully established who he was and his full act, then for whatever reason, they just thought, like, it's kind of like the JBL syndrome, right? Yeah, it's the name that popped into my head, too. It's like JBL, like, he's never going to be known as one of the greatest champions. But if you look back at his reign, like, he carried that show. Yeah. And that's what SmackDown, unfortunately, has been about, is about somebody carrying the brand, not necessarily advancing it. So hopefully, you know, with Orton, who has experience in carrying and advancing a brand, you know, he'll be able to to make that title mean something And again. And I think there's more opportunities for Orton versus any any face, any baby face that will bring it to, you know, a, a better light. Yeah. I think the interesting thing about Orton, um, ironically, because earlier, you know, you made the comparison of Kevin Owens and Stone Cold Steve Austin. I think, like, of course, from a character standpoint, yeah, it's a great comparison. I think from a, uh, a standpoint of somebody that's able to play both heel and face at the exact same time where you just don't know where he goes. He's his very own man. Uh, like Stone Cold Steve Austin was, I think Randy Orton is the closest that you could possibly get to that. So if he were the champion, you wouldn't necessarily have to do, you know, black and white face versus heel. I think you could, you can have Kofi and Orton and the next month you can have Orton and Andrade and it would make sense because Orton just so natural at get it has the ability to get you to want to hate him or to cheer him. And he could probably like, he can open up a show as a heel finish out as a face and the next week open up as a face and go as a heel and not make it where it was like, you noticed that he had, he had turned four times in one week. Right. Right. And I just think it just would be a better overall feel and idea to have, Orton at the helm of SmackDown right now, leading into October. Yeah. So you you just you just need that. You need you need a strong champion, a strong believable champion. And they said they wanted to make it more of a sporting, more of a whatever event. I remember um, I don't know if it was JBL or I think it was JBL or that said that if you were to build the perfect wrestler in terms of looks capability all of that it would be randy orton it sounds like something bully ray would have said yeah a lot of these caws that people make really look like randy orton's brother (laughs) yeah yeah so you need like him being the the at the face of smackdown and you're trying to make this serious like you definitely would I i definitely would put him in that role for sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, God, God dang it, guys. We gave y'all a super show. Super show now. Super oh. official. Yep. Yep. Um, all right. Uh, Mac, you, you have any uh, shout outs, plugs, anything you want to get out there, bro? 
As always, visit until2.com for all your clothing and fashion needs. We're going to be doing a, a relaunch here within the next week or so. Um, as I have mentioned the last, I think the last couple of shows, I told everybody that we were retooling everything, making the navigation cleaner, simpler. We also are lowering the prices of a lot of our items. So uh, please check us out at until2.com. I like lower prices. So you, you got my attention on that. Yes, sir. Yeah. I like that. I like I like the name. Until two. Until two dot com. The number two. Not T W O, but the number two. Yes, sir. Until two dot com. Check it out, guys. Great stuff out there. Ring scoops approved. Uh if anybody out there wants to follow Ring Scoops on social media, you guys can follow Ring Scoops on Instagram, Twitter. And Facebook at Ring Scoops, Twitch.tv slash Ring Scoops Guy, and of course our Pro Wrestling Tees shop, ProWrestlingTees.com slash Ring Scoops. And also don't forget to check out the Ring Scoops Patreon for only $1 a month. That's less than four cents a day. You get the Crimson Mask podcast, you get a Slammy Jam companion stream, you get the Diamond Girls and exclusive editorials. That is a lot more content than what a lot of these trashy vampire models and everything like that try to put out there oh. for about $10 a month. And all you get is a, a little picture for you to jerk off to where you get a lot more content. Just trying to be transparent there, folks. I ain't bullshitting. I'm a very patient man. Anyway, ladies and gentlemen, on behalf of Mac, I'm that Ring Scoops guy saying thank you, good night, and be cool.